Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my beautiful co-host, Mina Kunlosetep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we're going to get serious because this is what serious business do. <laughs> so you were saying. So we are going to talk about transitioning from Q1 to Q2, the seven must do's. So I'm thinking, Mina, what we should do is sort of front load this one and, and list out the seven must do's, and then we'll dig deeper into each of them. Yes. And then we'll get even more serious into each one. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the seven must do's? Um, first one is budget, making sure you have enough cash flow. So looking at your budget. Second is marketing plan, making sure you're looking at your calls, calls to action. Third is looking at sales data. Fourth is looking at your email system. So these are all just evaluating all these, okay? So fifth is communication system. And sixth is um, roles as well as support staff. And then seventh is schedule. So I know that is that's pretty vague, right? So should we just kind of get into each one though and dig a little bit deeper? Yep, absolutely. So number one, looking at our budgets and the cash flows. And do we have enough money to get through the next quarter? Yeah. So the gauge is that you should have enough cash flow to get you through the following quarter. So the next 12 weeks is what you know the experts say. So thinking about that, is it your busy season? Do you need more inventory? Do you have the cash flow to supply that? And so coming into second second quarter from first quarter, you really need to know what, what your budget is at. And so this might just be looking at line items. Do you have you know big conferences coming up that's going to take a big bulk of your money or trade shows you're paying for? You just need to make sure your cash flow is there with that balance sheet of income and expenses. And also thinking about reorders. So if you're selling wholesale or um, you know, whoever would be reordering, if there's an item that's performing really well, do you need to go back into production on that specific item? So that might be where a chunk of your money goes to for the upcoming quarter. We also want to think about development. So depending on your product and how long it takes to develop, do you have enough money to develop for that next season that you need to present to sell or going into production? So Looking at these numbers, you want to be really clear on that. You want to know what your cash flow is and what you need to operate every quarter. And then also looking at what you can cut. So is there something that doesn't wasn't doing well? Is there an item that's not performing well? Is there something if you are, let's say, in wholesale and you've got five products and two of them are just not really getting a good response, or maybe they've gotten a couple orders, you have my permission and everybody else's permission to drop it and move those orders into items that are selling well. Do not go into production and waste your money on things that people aren't going to buy and they're not going to perform well. So just taking a look at that and what you could slash out. And then also just looking at general things like 
going through your credit card and seeing those reoccurring bills that come in, you know, maybe you signed up for something that you don't even remember that you signed up for. Um, and if it's 30 bucks a month or 80 bucks a month, whatever it is, it's still $30 that you can save. Yeah. There's so many tools and things that I accidentally sign up for because I do the free trial and then it, you know, kind of rolls over into the actual plan. So make sure that you're you're trying to make sure that your business is as lean as possible. Every transition for every quarter, try to cut a lot of things that you don't need, but also to make sure you have that incoming cash flow. Because the last thing you want is to run out of inventory and not have any money to put towards it. Yeah. And I would say, you know, some I'm notorious for signing up for like random services, to be <laughs> testing and forgetting. Um, and so there's another thing you can do too, is you can always reach out to these companies and see if they're willing to do something with you, like credit you, you know, extend it another month and, and see, you know, there's just taking a look and reevaluating and seeing, did you use it? It's the same thing they tell you when you're organizing your closet. Have you worn it in a year? If you haven't thrown away, you know, and people are like, Oh, but like, if I just lose that extra couple of pounds, I can wear it again just get rid of it. So if it's a subscription that you signed up for, something, some tool, whatever, if you're not using it actively, get rid of it. Be done with it. Mm -hmm. Get yourself off of like resubscribe, right? Where it's like, if it's automatically monthly renewals or yearly renewals, I would take yourself off of that. Yeah. Look at all your subscriptions, whether it's personal or professional. Like for instance, I will never get rid of Netflix. That's like my favorite subscription, you know, but I've cut Spotify because I use Amazon music now, you know, things like that, that you might be signed up for that you just don't even realize you don't need two full service music providers. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So that was the first one. Second one is call to action. So call to action means what you're marketing, when you're marketing, what you're getting people to do. So if let's say your call to action for this last quarter in Q1 has been to sign up as many people for your email list, that was your goal. Let's say you only signed up five people. Perhaps you need to switch up your call to action. So maybe instead it's to get people on Instagram because something is ineffective about your call to action in that timing. Yeah. So, and then also thinking about sales or specific products or whatever it is, wherever you've been trying to focus your customers, take a look and reevaluate it. If it's doing really well, then you can keep it going and you can almost duplicate that process. So then for example, you let's say it did well and you had a call to action and you sold the hell out of something. Well, then take that same sort of idea and put it towards one of your other products or another, you know, something that something else you're offering or if let's say you want to get people on your email address you're doing something correctly so we just want you to evaluate what's going right and what's not doing so well so that you can reevaluate where you put your effort yeah there's bound to be some sort of disconnects here and there you want to manage all the disconnects so you that's what you're evaluating in all these transitions you're making sure all of your call to actions are effective and there's no disconnect between you and the consumer Okay. So then moving on from there. Sales, sales, sales. So (laughs) so sales data. Where are you making the most sales? What product is bringing in the most sales? And what is your profit margin on that particular item? How much leeway can you give? Like, let's say, let's say I have a a really popular product. It's doing so well in that time. How much leeway do I have coming up in this next quarter to give sales out? Like, Um, As far as like a percentage discount, if I really want to push into and promote it, let's say I want to give an extra 20% off on that product. Do I have room for that? What's my profit margin? And if I can bring that up a dollar or two with this 
bringing in more volume. Things like that, that you can obtain from your sales data that you cannot get anywhere else. So that's talking about also that reorder concept. So if something's been doing really well, then you want to keep selling it. Like we are so over our stuff sometimes because we've been working on it for so long, but you don't realize that new customers are coming in, they're seeing it for the first time, or if something's performing well, if you just change up the color of it, you can continue to sell it even to the same customers. They are going to want to rebuy it. So just taking a look at what's selling, how you're selling it, what's doing well again and um, item-wise and your efforts, right? Going back to our episode about um, visibility and moving the needle. What's doing well? What should you keep doing and what should you stop doing for now? Yeah, it's proof in sales. You need to always evaluate that because then you're able to keep doing what works and and let go of the things that are not working and are not translating to sales. Um, It could be a little bit of the timing. So you may want to test it again, but you're able to at least make that educated decision, right? Because you're looking at that data and seeing the number of sales that are coming from that platform or that specific season. And I also want you to just take a look at your sales. If something wasn't doing well, or you weren't pushing it, or you were sitting on some sort of inventory, is there a way that you could repackage it? I mean, not necessarily like actual repackaging, but the way that you're pitching it to your customers and sell it. So I was you know, telling one of our clients about the season. So we just went through Valentine's Day. We're going through Easter. Mother's Day is coming up. What's happening in the world? What could you take? What product do you have that you could almost like re-promote it again in a different sort of... Uh, when I say package, like a different way that you're presenting it, like a new fun way of whatever it is. <laughs> I'm like blinking. I just keep seeing bunny ears in my head as I'm trying to explain this. So, <laughs> but basically if Easter's coming up, what do you have and what can you sell? And, ha- and is, that a, is that a time of year that is applicable to your customer and their buying patterns? Yeah. And that you're able to connect with them in a different way, in a different season in their in their life. You know, perhaps they have young kids or something, you know, and then it'll shift for Mother's Day to the mom, finally, we're being celebrated, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And quickly after that, we hit, you know, you hit summer. So you hit buying everything for summer and then it's Father's Day. So then it's selling a different product. And then we get to 4th of July. There's always something right after that, it's back to school. So um, there's always something coming up. So if you'd like to really push a product specifically to that, if you can sort of reintroduce it to your customer according to the season or the event that's happening, um, then maybe you can you know, escalate your sales and see how that does. Yeah. And a little bit of it is checking to see what one, things you want to do in Q1 and then Q2, and then following up with that the following year. So if it doesn't do well, don't do it the following year. If it does do well, uh, explore it more. Do three tests and see which one is performing the best. You know, like if it's a Mother's Day promo, do three different promos and then cut out the two that are not doing the best. So, so that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Like let's say in calendars or or what you guys do want to track what's been performing for you through the quarters, like Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and the events that are happening and the promotions you're placing, because it is true. You know, we all, um, like the Ikea kitchen event happens two times a year, right? If people know around the time that happens, if they're planning on doing their kitchen next year, they might then decide to do it around the time of that sales event they know will happen. And Ikea is very consistent in in when they're doing their sales. Yeah. If you're a loyal fan, you know when things are going to happen. Every June, Orange is the New Black comes out and I binge watch that and I clear my schedule. You know, I'm a... It's like, you know, like random dates in your mind that you don't know that you know. So it's kind of funny that way. That's those brands that really, really stick. Okay. So the next one is email system. 
So this one, I know a lot of people don't have a big email list sometimes, but an email is something so personal. Well, it is for me. Jacqueline gives her email out like, like, you know, freebies or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't give my email out a lot. So when you think about it, someone's email is direct access to that person. So it's something that you want you want to track whether or not you want to. So how many emails are being sent out and how many people are clicking. You know, in any email software, MailChimp or any of them that are free or paid for, there's a tracking system where you can can see how many clicks there are. So you want to really evaluate that season to season, quarter to quarter, and how many emails you're sending out and how many people are signing up for your email. And then also if they're clicking and they're buying and then seeing if you want to put more effort into that or not. I would say looking at... um, We all have all these emails coming into our inboxes. So spam, promotions, whatever it is. I would say looking at the subject lines that you actually find to be useful or something that you want to click open. Or let's say there is a brand that you like. Subscribe to their email list and follow them. Track them for their quarters. Track them through these times we're talking about and see what they're promoting and see how they've got a schedule. You could almost duplicate you could almost duplicate that and you could see what you're responding to to know that perhaps maybe if your customer is similar to you, what they'll respond to. Um, we don't all open everything up. But for example, like Henry Bendel's, right? I haven't bought a single thing from them in forever. And I've been traveling a lot to all these events and, and things to see Mina. And I just really want a chicer um, travel kind of like... I, we wear our backpacks and I'm over my backpack because I don't feel so chic with my backpack. So I've been thinking about getting some sort of really nice like um, travel accessories. And I got it in, in my inbox, like get ready for spring. And it was for like your spring break trip. And it was really cool luggage stuff. And so I ended up, I wasn't sure I was on the fence. I went to the store, I looked at it. And then the other day in my inbox, it said 20% off all bags. It's a great, perfect. I buy on sale. And so I went and I purchased it. That was it. I had been thinking about it, but I just needed that one more pitch to me basically. So one was about awareness of the product. And then the next one was about a sale on it. And it, that was the final like nail that convinced me to buy it. Yeah. And when you're thinking about it, so each quarter is three months, right? So quarter one, so you're going into quarter two. Maybe you write three emails because you're sending out monthly and pre-schedule them. So you're writing out the emails. So, so for quarter two, it would be April, June, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even, I don't even know my months. April, April May. <laughs> April, May, June. <laughs> The other two were partners because I can help fill in the months for you. (laughs) The other day, it was like, I bought this cheese and it's already expired. And my mother-in-law was like, it says April. I was like, yeah, it's already past the due date. And she's like, it's not April yet. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) And I was even going as far as like, this is why I don't shop at Fairway. They have expired stuff. (laughs) So no, I do not know my months. But so coming up, it's April, May, and June. Write those three emails. I mean, it's only three emails and you're only, let's say you test out, you know, one newsletter a month. So you're sending out one email a month. You know, when, if somebody does a 20% off sale once a month, that's not a big deal to me, right? Like to have to write that. And as a customer, I like knowing I'm getting those once a month. So it could be three emails about certain topics. It could be, let's say spring cleaning and then, Hey, here's 20% off on this product or whatever. Um, so just write out those in advance and then just know that each quarter you're having to write out three emails. You're just batching it one day. That's not hard, especially if you do what Jacqueline said and refer back to other emails that people have sent to you that really uh, work well. 
And so for example, let's say you did do this in Q1 and you sent out an email a month and you got a decent, you know, return or you saw that there were a lot of click to opens. You may then decide that in Q2, you're going to try and sell, uh, send two emails a month, whatever you find to be possible for yourself. And you might test that. Or let's say you decide to send an email weekly and then you start to see a bunch of unsubscribes. You're going to then see that your customers don't want to be contacted weekly. You're flooding their inbox and maybe you do need to take it back a little bit. So again, it's those, those tests. You're testing. There's never an end. You've never failed. All of this is about testing getting back up, dusting yourself off and doing it again. And so just really seeing what the response is and playing around with it. Yeah. Email is a really important strategy because it's a long-term one and it's not going to go away. So, And you own that email, basically. It's not like Instagram where they can change up their algorithm. So that's why we want you to check it every time and evaluate it every quarter. Okay. So next one is communication system. So this is communication in any way, shape, or form. It could be to your employees. It could be to your business partner. It could be to your customer. Are there any, you know, were there any lapses in communication or any bottlenecks or any miscommunications? This is where you want to look at it. So you can say, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be communicating on Facebook messenger, you know, or, or any of those, um, communication routes where you can just make it better. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell clients sometimes, um, as freely as I give out my email address, I give out my cell phone number as well. (laughs) (laughs) Only to special clients. Five, five, five. (laughs) (laughs) But let's say yesterday was a Sunday and I was with my family and I started getting these kind of like panic texts from a client. It's something that I was like, oh God, it's a Sunday. I'm with my family. I didn't really necessarily want this to be happening right then and there because then I got stressed out about what she was stressed out about and it brought work into my weekend. So what I may reevaluate is going into the next quarter, basically telling my clients like, look, like this is me, like you have access to this, but it's an emergency. And really, if you're just freaking out about something on a Sunday, it's not the right time. Maybe shoot me an email and I'll get back to you on Monday. Um, So reevaluating what works and doesn't work for you, how much access access you want to you or if there's not enough, for example. And then also like uh, we had someone talk to us. Um, somebody was asking consultation questions on Facebook Messenger and then we directed her to um, our Facebook community so that we could open up the conversation to everybody there. So then it's also taking a look at that and trying to... I assessed our communication. So in our Facebook group, yeah, we could talk one-on-one with clients, but that's not the point of us having our Facebook community and our Facebook group and having the product boss as a community for everybody. Everyone has something to learn from each other. And so we wanted to basically share that in our group, on our page so that other people can learn and then also other people could share. Yeah. And it could be something where like, let's say you're product-based, you know, product, the product boss is actually more service-based. So, um, Let's say you have a product and you your wholesale boutiques are calling you constantly and being like, hey, emergency, my shipment is delayed or any of that. You really need to create some sort of guidelines where they can contact you or which route or how you're going to answer their questions. It's just a way of having customer service and making sure that communication is key, but in a certain boundary um, setting. 
So something big about communication, let's say going back to Facebook, um, how there's Facebook Messenger, if you are a business and you have a business page, um, they can directly contact you about something, right? So they can contact you about buying a product or whatever it is. There's also a response time that uh, Facebook kind of rates you on. And so there is a way to do an auto responder that says, thank you for reaching out. Someone will get back to you soon. You do need to decide if you as a business owner have the time and the bandwidth to be looking at Facebook to communicate with customers, plus your emails, plus this, plus that. You have to think about all the places that people want us to be because there's so many ways of communicating now. And if you're going to be responsive, because we could lose customers on Facebook if they're writing you messages and asking you questions about your product, but you're not responding because that's just not on your list of places that you're going to pay attention to. So it's something just to think about and, and see where you're accessible and see where you're not. And what your abilities are to do. So if you're operating by yourself, there's only so many places you can be. If you have an assistant, then maybe your assistant's job is to chase, face, uh, chase to check Facebook and respond there. Yeah. And this is communication externally and internally too. So it could be where, um, for instance, right now it's tax season, real tax season coming up in April, April 15th. And then also it is the summer months where it's busier for me. And so I need to have a weekly meeting with my inventory guy, aka my husband, <laughs> and <laughs> and then also with my tax accountant. So setting up communications there where you know from going from Q1 to Q2, your schedule is going to change and the priorities are going to shift. We're going to get busier. So we actually need to communicate more. And then we um, also, there's a deadline. There's a deadline for taxes. So I will actually need to know what I need, what my accountant needs. And so setting that up and knowing what communication you're going to have, because you know what, for my accountant, believe it or not, I'm not their only customer, <laughs> their only client, <laughs> if only, right? So I have to fit myself into her schedule and then also make sure that that communication line is streamlined. So we're not having to go back and forth a million times and wasting each other's time. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a tough time of year where there's, I mean, you know, being a business owner and having my own business tax returns and then bringing them into my family and then my family tax returns and combining it all. I mean, it's definitely a time where you almost do start to connect your personal with your your business, right? That between the Q1 and Q2, where we're, there's that tax time. So uh, yeah. And I think it's also being... Amina said something, I think part of your calendar, I think it was you who said that you get your taxes, your taxes have to be done by the end of March. I think you said. Feb- February, was it? No, no. no. Well, whatever yeah. you were saying, it was like you yeah. were allowing your tax person to have 50... I think you weren't You weren't like last minute crunching their deadline, basically. Like you mm-hmm. gave yourself a, like a deadline that was way before the actual, actual deadline in respect of your... Yeah, they gave me that deadline. Okay, well, in respect of themselves. <laughs> so then I decided, I yeah, because like my accountant will take it. She'll take it late and she'll work her butt off. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that for myself. Like where nobody's going to feel pressure or they're not going to feel resentful. And so that's actually something that I've now adopted into my life of of having that sort of earlier deadline to allow for things to happen. And then I'm sure that my accountant will love me for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you guys follow us on Instagram, it's at the product boss. I posted up, I think a couple days ago because it was daylight. Sa- no, no. I posted up last week because it was daylight savings on Sunday. And do you guys have daylight savings over in Eastern time? Sure do. Okay. Sucks when so, you have little kids. <laughs> right. That's why I was practically late to the mastermind call today. So it's daylight savings. And I was talking about how I'm using it as a gauge to check back into my health. Because looking at Q1 to Q2, 
Q2 is when I start to get busy. Like we're talking busy, busy. And so daylight savings, it's beautiful and bright and sunny. We get the extra, well, I don't know. It's an extra hour of daylight. Is that right? Yeah. Cause we were, when we were trying to put our kids to bed last night. We were like, it is so bright outside. I realized <laughs> that our clocks weren't changed. <laughs> we're yeah. like, oh, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> and so even using that as a gauge and being like, you know what? I'm going to use that as a health check because I know coming up, I want to be in the habit of being healthy. So I'm starting at daylight savings. So then by the time May rolls around and my daughter starts getting out of school and I have her for summertime, I'll already be in the mode of being healthy because by the time I'm busy, I don't have time to strategize about being healthy. I just have to like basically be in the business and do whatever I need to do to survive. But if the habit is built in by a specific time, then I build, you know, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm making that part of my schedule and, you know, communicating that with my, even my own daughter who will be with me during the summer, you know, so starting so, yeah. early. I think it's, I mean, yeah, it's communication personally with your staff, with people, you know, subcontractors, with your family, with your husband, whoever is involved in your life, just figuring out what you need to do to make yourself more efficient in the next quarter. So then the next one gets into looking at the your role looking at roles and the support staff. Yeah, so this is where you may want to hire on some more people. Q1 to Q2 is when you need to think did I do okay this past Q1 and or was I like literally barely surviving. So if you were barely surviving, you need to hire somebody on to somehow alleviate a bottleneck, figure out what that bottleneck is and see if you can get the money. You know, what I was talking about with cash flow. see if you can get the money to hire somebody to help you, whether it be with social media or having a specific expert or just shifting roles around, you know, maybe somebody else takes on a different role than they normally have for this quarter. And I'm actually going to say the opposite of where the bottleneck is. And do you have to reevaluate the staff you actually have? So if you're a small business and maybe you're working with your husband or a family member or a friend or your partner, it might be a time to take a look and say, um, this is what's working, this isn't working. Or if there is an employee or somebody that's not doing what they should be doing, it might be a time that you do... Maybe you're thinking about doing quarterly um, quarterly meetings with them, like assessment meetings where you put them on notice. Okay, like you've gone through this. You have 30 days or 60 days. We're going to test this out and see if you perform better. So it's just this, it's, you know, it's like seasonally we're moving out of winter into spring. Think about it the same thing, you know, spring cleaning. You're sort of spring cleaning all of your systems and also your staff. So whether you need to add on or you need to take away, if you're looking at your budget and you weren't making enough money and all your money is going towards paying your employees, you may need to think about, are you overpaying this person? Can you hire someone else? Can you have a part-time person? You know, Are you paying yourself enough? There's just a lot of things to look at. And then thinking about expenses too, in this one, talking about taxes, you probably need to pay some taxes, right? So where that is coming out of your cash flow, and then if it can, if you do indeed have any money to give to your employees. Yep. And so I just think staying on top of it. And I think that was a huge thing for me last year with my staff. Um, that was a huge learning thing that I went through. And I actually, for me, a lot of people were adding on and I was cutting down because I was I was shifting things around and I was going into more subcontracted work. Um, so now, for example, I have a virtual assistant and she will work for me 20 hours a month and she's doing certain tasks and I don't need that person 40 hours a week. When I could have someone who works pretty efficiently for 20 hours a month. And right there is a cost savings. 
Yeah. And, and when you're figuring out like what contractors you need in specific quarters, it helps them too. So you're able to say, let's do a three month contract and see how it goes. And then if it doesn't work out well, then you're able to let that subcontractor go without feeling all that bad because you know you just signed up for a three month contract. It's not an employee that is depending on that um, wage. Yeah, and I'd also say the same with like visibility, right? So if you want to hire someone for social media marketing or or um, handling your Facebook page or whatever it is, you could test it out for a quarter. You can test out that person, see how it performs. Know that you're committing to that person for three months and whatever their fee is, um, making sure it's within your budget and then reevaluating in the next quarter, which we'll probably do one of these episodes about going from Q2 to Q3. Um, and then just deciding if it worked or it didn't work. And then the reasons why it did or did not work. Yeah. Okay, guys. Last but not least for the evaluation of Q1 to Q2, you need to be evaluating your schedule. So every transition, is your schedule what it should be? And do you need to reshape it in some way? You know, we talked about this in our productivity episode where we talked about ways to, you know, do more in less time. Um, Do you need to shift your schedule? Like I said, it's daylight savings. You get an extra hour of brightness, but you lose an hour of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or the season, like Mina talks about her kids and her kids being home. So is your summer going to be really busy? So her, her high season is coming, is this quarter she's going to work her patootie off. And then she's going to be with her kids where, you know, if you're at home with your kids, you can't work as efficiently as you do when they're in school during the school year. So you need to be aware of the season of your business and the seasons of your business and the seasons of your personal life and what you can dedicate and what you can do in each quarter and season. Yeah, for sure. And the reason why I'm so busy in the summer, you guys, it's not just my high season, my busy season for my business. It's because I work less. I build it into my schedule where I'm only working two hours at most because I have my daughter home with me. My oldest daughter, she's seven. And my youngest daughter, who's two, is sometimes in daycare, sometimes she's not. But we basically use that time to have quality time together. Like last year, we did food adventures where we did... Um, restaurant hopping. So like I took her to a ramen house. I took her to um, like a French bakery, things like that, that were really fun. I think this year I'm going to try to do visit every single park in the area that we're in. So it takes a lot of time to spend quality time with your kids. <laughs> That's good. Um, and, you know, and it depends on your product, right? So Mina's yeah. is, you know, kid-oriented and mainly and, you know, seasonally from camp and school. But, you know, if you are a, um, like a clothing line, for example, if it's not specific to being resort wear or, you know, but like, let's just say you're doing a dress line and you've got four seasons a year that you're launching, you're working all the time. You know, like it doesn't stop. So, but then paying attention to that, can you front load stuff? Can you do more sooner? Maybe you can't, but paying attention to your schedule. If your kids are going to be home, your kids are only kids once. I mean, this is a, this is a challenge that parents have, right? So can you do Fridays off? Can you have summer Fridays? They do that at big corporate companies. You could probably do it yourself. You know, you just need to really reassess and look at your schedule and see how you can be the most efficient person possible so that you can, that's how we started our own businesses, right? Like we want time back. We want to be able to control our own schedules. And that's just basically looking at your, your own goals. I'm not saying that everybody should, you know, only work two hours a summer. I built it into my own schedule. So I'm working a lot beforehand on my business, working in my business while I'm in my busy season, but also able to 
spend time with my kids. That's just because that's my own personal goals. It doesn't have to be the same for you though, but you definitely need to be looking at your schedule to see what you want to do and what things are coming up in your personal life that you can basically build into your professional life. Yeah. And so thinking about weddings, for example, or babies being born, (laughs) um, all of the above happening for me. So my summer is going to be really full of family weddings. And so not only are there the weddings to go to, but there's all the events that lead up to it. So, so thinking about that, you know, as the quarters pass, you start to get invitations, you start to, you know, things start to get planned out. Do you want to take a vacation over the summer? Um, I know that's moving on, you know, deeper into what is it like? Q2, Q3. Yeah. But knowing about it now, because you need to be able to plan this quarter for what you can do next quarter. I will tell you that a helpful person, I think it was Natalie Gingrich, told us that as a small business, it's really hard to plan past like one to two quarters forward. We don't know what's going to happen in our businesses. So we just want you guys to stay like really focused on the upcoming quarter, at least. You can try and plan two quarters ahead, but that's probably about as far as you can because if you write down your goals and look back at them, you've probably shifted them greatly by the time you get there. Yeah. And this is all about evaluating. So that way, when you're going into Q1 to Q2 of 2019 next year, then you're able to look back in 2018 and be like, this is the changes that I've made. This is what I evaluated. This is how I was doing. So you can compare to the previous year. And But if you have nothing to compare to and no stop points in your business to transition from one to the other, like literally stop and evaluate, then you're not going to be able to compare anything. It's all just going to be a big blur. So that's a great point. So Mina has been in business for several years now. If you're just starting out, then maybe you don't have a lot to go back to, but you're tracking, you're evaluating exactly what she said. So again, thinking a year from now, You've spent this whole year evaluating your your business. You're taking notes. You're you're keeping key dates in your head. Um, you're realizing what are busy seasons to you. Next year, you are more prepared. You actually can plan out further. You can plan out. You know, you could you could almost roughly plan out the entire year, and then you know you'll still go back in and like finesse the quarters. But you can say like, oh, we performed really well in August of last year. Let's prep for that again. And what mm-hmm. did we do right to get us there? And then you can plan for slow months. So you're not freaking out about slow months. And it's just, you know, that's the fun thing about being a startup is figuring out all your key, what is that? Key KPI, key, key performance indicators. Yes. Oh my gosh, my brain today. <laughs> key per- I don't know the months. I don't know KPI, key performance <laughs> indicators. So you're just establishing those. And it's actually really fun when you're beginning like for the product boss. So you know how on every tax day, I take your data, it, even if it's just as little as, you know, Twitter, number of Twitter followers, number of podcast downloads, all that stuff. So you're, all your KPIs, you're establishing them. You don't know if they're good or they're bad. That's the scary part. But it's also the fun part of being a startup is that you can test out so much stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, a big surprise. Something, Something's just really delight you in that, hey, that worked out really well and I'm actually really good at that, you know? Yeah, and you can track like your growth pattern. I mean, we, in the beginning of every single mastermind that we have, every time we do it, the very, very beginning, we ask what were your wins of the last week or two weeks, depending on how often we meet. Do you know how easily it is for, for people to forget their wins? Like there, because something happens and then they're all of a sudden like bogged down by something or upset about something or there's a, something that's come up that's taken you know, priority in their brain space, but they've had a win. We've all, we all have these, these small wins. So if you're able to start 
tracking these and having these KPIs. Um, you can, you know, you can even look back like this entire conversation is about quarter to quarter. So Q1, the small wins you had, Q2, where are you going to be? And you look back at Q1 and be like, oh yeah, that happened. Okay, wait, like I just have to do this again and I'll, and I'll get there. So just tracking and evaluating and realizing that there's small wins that will lead up to one really big win. Yeah, for sure. So I hope that was helpful, you guys. Seven key things to look at when you're evaluating Q1 and and then also transitioning to Q2. So we'd like to know something that you are going to do differently in your business in Q2. So if you head over to our Facebook group, um, The Product Boss... Dot com. If you head to the bottom, you can go join the Facebook community and then you can join our group and share with us what you're going to do different in Q2. So something you've analyzed and, and a change that you're going to make. And if you have questions there, we're here to help. Like we are there, we are on the group, we are responding. And then we've got some really awesome, bright people with amazing product-based businesses that can also give you feedback. Yeah. And that link is also in the show notes for every single one of our episodes if you want to get to our Facebook group. And so yeah, just tell us something that you're transitioning and figuring out whether or not it's right for you. I know what yours is, Jacqueline. What? So yours is figuring out whether or not a VA is right for you. (laughs) So Jacqueline, so we are actually going to see each other again, you guys. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) In the end of April, we're going to She's Building Her Empire live event. And I already bought my ticket, my flight ticket, which is very close to me since it's only in Wisconsin and I'm in... Iowa. And Jacqueline was like, maybe I should have my VA make all these travel plans for me. <laughs> so oh, she's hired yeah. on this person <laughs> to possibly be making travel plans for her. So I'm transitioning from having a full, like a full time, some full time team members to taking some of those roles and moving them to a VA. So I'm testing it and we are on a testing period of three months. So I will check back with you guys at the end of this next quarter and let you know if she's still with me or if it worked or if now, you know, I've brought on for even more hours. Yeah. Update in Q2 to Q3 episode. We will note that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much everyone for listening. We're so glad to have you here and giving us your ear and your time. And we hope to connect with you in our Facebook group and community. Thanks so much, everyone. Loved this episode of the Product Boss Podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We would so appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by our mastermind, Multi-Stream Machine. Multi-Stream Machine is our 12-week program that takes the high-level knowledge of two product-based experts, myself and Jacqueline, combined with all the inspiration, accountability, and magic of a peer mastermind. We coach the hot seats through their struggles, facilitate the advice of all their fellow product-based masterminders, and help to focus everyone on more sales. Believe me, it's not only business changing, it's life changing. And we want you to be a part of it. Go to www.theproductboss.com mastermind to learn more or to apply now.